0: You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. welcome listeners. We are so excited to be breaking the silence with Lamont Wilcox today. He is a neuro mental health coach and has done a lot of work with shame and addiction. And we're so excited to learn from him and to to just learn from his wisdom and to hear all about the work that he's done and some of his insights. Lamont, will you just introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Sure. Yes, I, I'm Lamont Wilcox, and years ago, I started studying linguistic programming to help some of the close members of my family and people that were close to me and friends that were struggling um, with mental health and addiction and have been able to use that to try to help myself change the patterns that I use within my own brain to come up with a, a, a way to really help people at a high level and to build a model that I could use that helps people shift in a really quick and effective way to help them overcome those kind of uh, struggles and those kind of issues. Now I I have an office in a clinic that works with people that have sometimes brain trauma and injuries, but a lot of times mental health struggles and addictions, and uh, with an amazing amount of success in a really short period of time with people. (laughs) That's really
0: fantastic.
1: So, what are the type
2: of uh, things you you deal with? It sounds like you've worked a lot with how to help people process and understand shame, what that feels like for them, and how it works in, in their brain. So, for today, that's kind of what we're gonna we're gonna focus on is is how it works within our brains, how we can process it, and and learn how to how to live our lives without it. Is that right? What yeah. We can talk about for today.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I, I love this topic, by the way. It's kind of the basis of everything that I've learned and studied. I was fortunate enough to understand enough about my brain that I, was, I shifted and changed some of the patterns that were in my own thinking. I studied and I studied, I studied psychology, I studied neurology, I studied all these things. Because again, I had some really close family members that were really struggling at, at a pretty severe level for quite a few years, you know, decades even. You know, when I started to see that there was this light, this idea, this concept that our brains are running off of patterns, and they get stuck in those patterns, and they're literal, literal neurological patterns that we get stuck in. And so what I found, and the thing that I that I use is the concept that we our brain runs off of a reward system. And that reward system is what powers all of the functions of, the, of, of our neurology. Our, our whole brain is running off of this. On a cellular level, those cells are going off of this reward system. And what happens is we have experiences in this life where we meet those needs that those, that the, on a neurological level that we need. We meet them in ways that are not beneficial for other things in our life. In other words, I know this sounds strange the first time you hear it, but feeling shame is meeting needs. It's fulfilling needs that we have, deficits that we feel in other areas of our, of our life and our thinking. And so...
0: That's pretty mind-blowing. That's not something I would have ever <laughs> thought of, right? Like, I am so glad I'm feeling shame right now. This is fulfilling a need. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because we don't do that. It's not on a conscious level. Mm -hmm. And we don't think it's fulfilling a need. And we don't know that. But notice, since we don't know it, it continues on. But the more clarity we get and the more we know about what it's doing, the more we interfere with those patterns. And the more ability we have to interrupt and change the patterns. It is phenomenal. And by challenging that way of processing – a, with a deeper understanding of how their brain is working and how it gets to what it wants and getting the it part of our brain, the subconscious to be affected by our conscious. So letting our conscious start to understand the subconscious, it then begins to take over because what we're doing is we're living in these patterns of our subconscious. As a matter of fact, studies show that up to 95%, get this up to 95% of our Decisions that we make throughout the day, our conscious mind does not participate. So, our subconscious mind, in other words, our automated reasoning and patterns that are foundationally created from our childhood, are making the decisions for us.
0: That's really interesting. How does that affect us if we are so driven by our subconscious?
1: This is part of the study, too, is that 70% of those decisions do not lead to things that we truly want. Interesting. And if you think about your own life and what you're doing on a daily basis and how happy you are, how much joy you feel, what percentage of the time are you just feeling absolutely enthusiastic? As President Nelson puts, he put the word out, enthusiastic and he broke it down to its original meaning. And it means God within. So what percentage of your time is the God within you coming out and being out there and having enthusiasm and excitement? And and if you think about it, we tend to be just going through motions all day. We just kind of go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. We do it the same way every day. We get in these patterns every day of just being the same. And part of the reason is because there's two motivators for the brain. One is to feel something. The brain wants to feel something. And that something that it wants to feel is a driver for for all thought processes and actions. And it, it either wants to feel something or it wants to escape a feeling. Yeah, that's really
0: interesting because I can think of some patterns in my life that are totally awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I like subconsciously now drink a lot of water. That was not always the case in my life. Or I I think there's tons of examples in our lives of things that we do subconsciously. There's also things that I do subconsciously that I'm like, not awesome. (laughs) Why am I on Instagram again? I didn't mean to get on here. I got my phone for something else, right? Like yeah. it's very interesting to see those patterns.
1: Yes. Yes. And they're, and we're doing them because they meet needs. So by understanding, having a deeper level of understanding of how those needs are met and how they function in the brain gives us a really strong ability consciously to start to interrupt and change those patterns to start to make a difference because in the brain, when we look neurologically in the brain, when we look at the patterns, someone who has an addiction looks just like someone who also has mental illness. They're, they're actually very similar in the brain, extremely similar. They're repetitive patterns that meet needs that create detrimental thoughts or actions elsewhere. But they win because they're common. They're, they're what we're used to. There are patterns that have kept us alive, basically. What we're finding is that with today's society, and I could go on for this for hours, but in our environment that we grow up in now, it's so vastly different than what any environment from any other generation has ever experienced. And the result of that is that our brains are developing in a different way. Again, our brain is running off of a reward system. And as soon as you show it how to get that reward, that's what it wants to do. It sounds kind of crazy, but when we have an addiction, even if it's a pattern of being angry or depressed or ashamed, being ashamed in the brain looks just like another addiction. Someone who does it over and over and over and it doesn't serve them, which as we know, shame is not really a well-serving experience, right? It doesn't really serve us well, as, as you guys talk about all the time. But yet we keep doing it. And we're like, why do I keep doing this? I, I, I can't seem to shake it. I can't seem to get it off and it's because the reasoning behind it leads to the reward so strongly that we can't our brain hasn't found an alternative that's basically what's happening is that when they come to me i help them see an alternative there i help them on a subconscious level i help them discover the alternative that breaks them free of that way of thinking
0: this and- makes me think of when i was learning how to play basketball picked up a really bad habit of using my left thumb to help me shoot because mm-hmm. I could then shoot further when I was little and didn't have a lot of muscle and I was also shorter than I am now. Um, and that helped me to make more baskets. And so that was a really helpful thing then. But later on, I had a coach who was like, this needs to stop, and, and it was such a difficult pattern to stop because it's what my body knew how to do. It's what like my brain knew how to do. I know how to make baskets this way. But in order for me to succeed as a basketball player, I needed to have my shooting be independent of that left thumb, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of practice. So, so, so much practice to get that way of shooting out and to then shoot like in a way that was way more effective and ultimately led to higher percentages of success. Right. So is that, is that kind of what you mean is that even though some of our patterns don't serve us, it's what we go back to because it's what we know and therefore we know we're going to survive.
1: Yes. So, and, and you, you brought up a really key point. So one of the things you had to repeat it numerous times, right? Right. Right. One of the ways to build patterns, deep patterns into our brain is to repeat them over and over and over until we don't have to think about them anymore. And I bet that later on, you are able to not even be thinking about that thought, right? Yeah, and yeah, you could yeah. just shoot. So that's one way. However, that way can take a long time and yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of work and attention. Whereas if you play off of the natural needs of your brain, you can have it shift almost immediately, if not immediately. And I can give you an example of that. When someone has a traumatic experience, right? They say they get in a car accident and it's very traumatic. I had one client that got in two major car accidents in a three-month period. And after the first one, she couldn't drive. She could barely ride in a car. After the second one, it was even worse. It was because of all the things. When you have an immediate moment, there is a massive rush of chemicals And those chemicals solidify patterns. And so when someone gets in an accident, they have an experience where these chemicals rush in and they get really fearful. They get really scared. In that instance, they're being fearful and scared. And those emotions, they create a certain number of neurotransmitters that are the chemicals that are secreted when these are made and they they, they cement that way of thinking. And then they almost can't get in a situation like that again, that's even close because it triggers that pattern again. And then it starts happening again. And so by using that same concept to help someone access those neurotransmitters and that experience with the same level of emotion behind it, they can shift really quick. They can make a, a massive shift that really completely changes what they associate with their experience. And that pattern will end And it can end immediately. You know, we talk a lot on here on pornography and those types of addictions, and they are complex. There's a lot of patterns involved with those. There's a lot of chemicals and there's a lot of patterns. So it's a matter of getting through some of that clarity around what's going on. And shame is one of the key pieces that I work through with someone so that their brain no longer gets a reward for feeling ashamed on a subconscious level.
0: Interesting. This is so fascinating and I'm so grateful that we have another episode with you coming up (laughs) because I feel like we're just scratching the surface with the power of what you're talking about.
1: And we can change that. We are not stuck with the brain that we think that we have. We're not stuck. It can be changed. (laughs) That's wonderful. What
2: wonderful hope we have to change these thought patterns, arrive to a better way to manage our lives, Be more thoughtful and mindful of our decisions. I want to improve in the way I make my decisions. I don't want to go off on this subconscious 95% decision making when 70% of it is not even for stuff that I would really want. So, thank you so much for sharing all of this information with us. And we're really looking forward to the next episode where we can dive in more about how we can change those thought patterns and what it would mean for us to be able to do so.
1: Yes, I'm excited to talk more about the concept of repentance. That's another one I love that has a lot of helpful pieces to it.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Lamont. We're looking forward to our next episode with you. And we are so grateful for the little, not even little, the huge nuggets of wisdom that you've shared with us. And overall, the overarching message of hope that we can change. We can change our patterns. We can change the way we think. We can change our subconscious.
1: Yes, and you really hit it. Hope is a big deal. Hope is one of those things that will create chemical adjustments and differences and changes and interruptions to the patterns. Hold on to hope. It is one of the most powerful beliefs you can, you can have. You know, I hope everybody will find the links here and go to the web page and and go to my Facebook page, and my YouTube channel, and look at additional things there. This just came to me, and I hope this is okay. But I do a lot of individual sessions, but since a lot of your listeners are probably college kids, a little younger, and maybe with a little bit less access to funding, <laughs> so to make it more affordable, people I do group sessions. I don't know if we want to put something together where if people are interested, they can maybe send an email or something like that, and we can organize maybe a group session or even do an online session. It would be a good six or seven hour session, but it's getting a major shift in our heads.
0: Yeah, I think that's great and we can definitely have them reach out to you. So if you are interested in that and you would like to learn more from Lamont and have an experience like this, whether it's private or group, reach out to him. Again, we're going to include all of his contact information and the and link to that in our show notes so that you can find that easily. And you can find him on YouTube and his website. And we are, again, just so grateful for you, Lamont, grateful for your generosity and your kindness in sharing your wisdom and the things that you've learned over the years.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for all you do. You guys are great. I love what you're doing and all the effort. And I know you guys have put out a lot on the line and spent a lot of your time just to help and serve.
0: Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.